Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast, presented by Dirt 2 Media. All right, Matt, uh, I'll just admit it right off, take two. Um, <laughs> we started, weren't recording, uh, we're going back again. It's the good news of not being live tonight, mm-hmm. but we are in studio, and uh, this is one we've been excited to talk about and uh, have been promoting here for quite a while because we have in studio with us the uh, the History of Racing crew, um, Trent Nifflis and Celery Brown here, and uh, we were just trying to figure out, you know, because they've, they've done it all in their career, exactly what we call them. Um, you know, and, and I know we already decided that, um, interior or exterior decorators was not, <laughs> no, that's way too liberal. That's yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> way too liberal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, we, we've done a paint lettering wraps. We've done it all. So, mm-hmm. um, what do we settle on? Graphic designer, graphic yeah, designers, that's kind of a modern term for it, I guess. Okay. So we do have two of the most well-known graphic designers here that have done some of the most legendary local race cars. And I think the coolest thing about this episode is we've talked about how blessed this area has been with late model racing, especially. Mm-hmm. And you two have been in the heart of that for a long time. So guys, how did, how did you guys get started in this? How did you end up in this crazy world of? Well, I don't know how Jerry got his start. I guess we'll find that out of here in a minute. Accident. But uh, my dad <laughs> was a hand sign painter and lettered lots of the cars around Brownstown when I was a little kid. Uh, I brought a couple pictures, but he did like, I mean, he did everyone's car when I was a kid. So I just picked it up from him. I started doing it when I was, I started helping him doing brushwork when I was pretty small and then lettered my first car by myself when I was 12. So. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. What car was that first car? Ray Godsey. Ray Godsey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every 12-year-old ought to start with Ray Godsey's car. Yeah. Might yeah, just start on a Hall of, of Famer. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, so what year would that have been? God. Well, I'm 54, so someone that's quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, goodness! Now you really tested eighty. Yeah, eighty, eighty-one. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it looked terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but he thought it was great. So, and it was cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I got to remember because I I would have been nine at the time, so yeah. I, I would have been there. Mm. So, and look, the good best thing about doing it then was like they didn't last long. You didn't have to look at your crappy work that long. You could try to do better next time. In just two or three weeks when they ripped the sides off. So it was a good place to learn and make it go away and do better. So. You always improve the yeah, next time. Yeah, tried to. Celery, how did, how, did, how did this get started for you? Well, I think growing up, I've seen your dad's work. Probably. I'm you sure know, we, we, we was talking on the way over here, Bob Fleetwood, yep. uh, Gotsies, um, you know, Egg Covey, yep. you know. And it was on 55 Chevy. Yeah. And uh, I remember going up as a kid seeing that stuff. And it was just, to me, it just it was the best thing on earth yeah. looking at that stuff. And and um, I used to, well, my brother Harvey and I, we used to build models. And my job was to paint them. <laughs> Harvey would be, you know, we'd race them and tear them up, you know, normal stuff. And, and I would paint them up. You know, that's how I got started. And then um, <clears throat> going to college and, 
And um, I actually got started when I was, I wasn't 12, I was uh, 20, 20 is when I got started. I was out of college, and uh, Jay Deckard painted his first car. Well, that's pretty cool. Let's do this. So that's how I got started. Yeah. Wow. So, so he just contacted you? and Well, he was a family friend. Okay. And um, <clears throat> looking for a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody do it for free. Yeah. You know, and um, the biggest thing, uh, the biggest challenge I had was I had to put the Rolling Stone tongue on the hood. Oh, wow. You remember? Yeah. It was yeah. an old... Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was an old uh, as a bomber, when the first bomber cars, you know, when it, at Brownstown, and uh, had to paint that tongue, and it's it's four foot, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to try to draw that thing, yeah. and I had no sign experience whatsoever, yeah. so yeah, trial and error. Well, I, I, that's funny because when I did help Dad back. At that time, a lot of people put cartoon characters mm-hmm. on their cars, and Dad figured out I was real good at looking at one and drawing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I did I did the cartoon characters, but younger than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Ray, when my dad got sick, had a couple strokes, and couldn't letter his car, he sought me out. It was like, and talked me into lettering his car. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you can do it. No, I don't think I can do it. Like, oh yeah, you can do it. You can do it. So I did it. And yeah. The moral of the story is all drivers are just looking for a deal. Oh that's, yes. That's where it comes yeah. down. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Every, I'll put. Yeah. Hey, we'll let you put our, your name on our car. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always yes. the, the play. Yep. So, thinking about you know obviously where you guys got started there and looking at that. Where this has all gone, like we talked about, you know, you start out hand painting and you, you know, you move into the vinyl lettering and, and that, and then even into now the digital printing and wraps and all the stuff you're doing. What part is your favorite? Like, where do you really look back? And I enjoyed that part of it. That's a good question. What do you think? For me, it's, it's, I love doing the t-shirts. Yeah. That's my favorite thing, and that's why I've kind of I piddle in the other stuff now. But I design shirts. I just I love racing shirts. Always have loved racing shirts since the first time I went to Eldor, where there was you know they were rude or crude and rudimentary compared to now. But fell in love with that. And I wanted to do that right away. I wanted to do that. So that's my favorite thing. Really is is and it's cool to and it's cool to go to Eldor and see everywhere you look somebody wearing a shirt that you've done from this year that year 10 years ago 20 years ago people still wear them i see them all the time so <laughs> i enjoy that and i used to love seeing the cars on the track yeah i still do i just i don't know it's a little different now but the the the, the shirt thing too is such a unique well I'll, skill. I'll tell you right now i did that for a while it is hard and what trent does is oh. amazing huh. you, you know it is very very hard to do to get all that stuff aligned to make them look different. Each shirt's a unique characteristic, but what he does, you know, is far harder than lettering a race car. Mm. Yeah. I think it's just different. I don't, I wouldn't say harder <laughs> or different. It's whatever you love. In you my know? eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll look at, I mean, for instance, a guy like uh, Slicker mm-hmm. that does the amount of cars he does in a year. How hard is that to make all those cars look different and unique? That's, that's tough. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that. Yeah. I do think it's amazing because it, it is really easy. And I have I have not nearly the skills you guys have as design, but being in the T-shirt world now, the little bit I do, you can you can fall into a rut of when you've got to design several things in a, in a short time span, you'll look back and you're like, God, they all look the same. Yeah. Like I have to go back and 
and change it. So I agree to try yeah. and redo those every year and make them look different. But I do want to say, Trent, the, the, the thing that I admire about your racing shirts more than anything, you constantly find ways to work in elements that tell a story that aren't the centerpiece. Yeah. You know, I, you did a design for us a couple of years ago for the Paul Crockett Memorial yeah. and the barber pole was in the back yeah. of it. Like those, that that's the one thing, you know, a lot of people when they design a racing shirt, the ones that I'm not as big of a fan of, it's just a splash of everything. It's yeah. just throw everything on the shirt and throw a car on top of it and make it go. Your shirts always, every element is incorporated some way into the story of it. Well, it's also fun when you're doing something to, to, as a tribute to a guy like Paul. Oh. That was just an awesome dude and was one of my favorite people ever, you know. I didn't know him way back but when i got to know him he was definitely one of my favorite people and i like doing tr doing stuff like that that's a tribute to a guy that i watched race since i was a little kid and I, that's it means something to me so mm -hmm. yeah you it's it is a special talent for sure um how is how well, is which part which, which part was your favorite you didn't say which you enjoyed the hand lettering or the i think really um just seeing the cars on a track uh, kind of moments in that I remember. The first one I remember, of course, you know, the first one I did was Deckard's car. Um, but the, uh, but seeing, like, the first night of, of practice, the cars were held on a track, you know. And then as we started progressing, um, we started seeing cars at Florence that we did. We started spreading out that way. Then when we go to Eldora, there's cars at Eldora, you know. And then you start seeing cars on TV that you did. <laughs> Right on, you know, yeah. And just the progression of those things is like, this is pretty cool, you know. My son Clay's here today, and we did some cars this year that he was participated in or, or did a lot of the work on, and they were racing down to Daytona, you know. By the he, way, after you told me about those guys, I nuts. watched some of that. No, that was some of the that was probably the best racing they went on in Daytona the entire oh, month of February. Unbelievable! That, that was, was the series. Really that, cool. Oh, the JTRs in. Oh that my gosh, was awesome! They are some of the most exciting races. And just unbelievable what, to talk about them for just a second, what Jared Thomas and, and his dad, mm -hmm. Davey, have built and what they're doing over there. Unbelievable. Yeah, we, we started helping them this year uh, through Toby Taylor, a connection there, you know, with uh, Tory Collins. Mm -hmm. And we started wrapping their cars and they needed somebody. We had no idea what it was, what they were involved in. And um, those little cars are neat as can be, and we got complete wraps, and Clay got to do the design work on those, and and um, that was awesome. Watching it on TV, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, and and that's a good one to do because they run up front. You get a lot of TV mm. time with them yeah. because they <laughs> they run up front pretty well. What's your What's been your favorite part? I mean, of the design, figuring it out because I'm not like when you I hear you guys talk, you have that art background naturally i don't i can't i can't draw i don't have that skill of of art that way so for me it's all digital design is all i've ever known so for me it's figuring it out it's you know the elements how can i i have this idea in my head how can i make it work um and for me it's always you know being the t-shirt world it's just how can i also make it but make it affordable to print and easy to print yeah you know that's the for when I first when we first started with the shop, it was just come up with crazy ideas and let's do it. And then you realize 
this is a pain. Mm-hmm. Like we got to figure out how to make this easy and affordable and, and so that you can replicate it more and more. I guess I got to say as a fan, I like the hand lettering days. Oh boy. You, you guys had a, you got a thousand fonts in your computer, but you guys would have hundreds in your head. And I, and that was really cool because back then you had to have some artistic ability Absolutely. just to make a number that sh- looked not that yes. shaped right. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't yeah. have all those thousands of fonts. Yeah. And then then you could draw the then we'll see you do it with a paintbrush and see how good it's going to look after that. Well, I, I still was, even like the numbers on a lot of the cars. I still hand draw the numbers. Yeah. So they're not yeah. a font. I get people ask me, "What font is that?" Uh, mine, right? Yeah, and I know you're the same way. I do it with a lot of script lettering on shirts oh, occasionally. Script, yeah. I'll sketch. I can sketch with pencil real quick, take a picture, and then vectorize it. And mm-hmm. people, are, hey, what's that font? Well, that's not. That's <laughs> but that's what I always liked about when you guys hand lettered because it it was you guys. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. I'm gonna click on this font and type this out, and you know, put a little slant to it, and then that's you know, you guys. It, and there wasn't. There, there wasn't too many of us doing it because everybody couldn't just go buy a computer and a program and be in business glittering race cars. Yeah. You I'm, know, I, I think that's the biggest thing because, like like you just said, like for me, I can't sit here and write out in script and then and then go do it. So for me, it's how can I how can I create that on or how I spend more time searching for a font that's yeah. the look I want. So I'm envious of Which you I'm guys. Which I'm a font nut. I, I love fonts. I'm so <laughs> crazy. It's funny that just, I could spend all day drawing. Oh, I drawing hate it. to even start looking at a font site because I might <laughs> spend four hours. <laughs> I, there goes the day. Yep, yep. Oh, that cool. You know if you don't click on that next page, you're going to miss the best font you've ever seen in your life. Oh, it's yeah. going to be on that next. Yeah. That Before next. you guys got here, I spent an hour going through fonts because yeah. it, just scrolling and scrolling. Scrolling, looking for the one that I wanted, and yeah. understanding completely. Which, uh, there for a long time, there were no good script fonts. No, there were none. Now there is a lot of good script fonts, yeah, but yeah. for the longest time, if if it wasn't you know brush script, it, yeah, you sure brush script's not your favorite? You <laughs> not <sure>? really. <laughs> what about bold BT? Is that yeah. good? Oh uh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. But back then, you if you wanted something to look good, you pretty much had to draw something unique. Mm-hmm. Now there is a lot of good stuff out yeah, there. there. A lot is. more there and more, is. but. Mm-hmm. I think the coolest thing when the hand lettering days was the ability you guys had to make it match on both sides for me. It did. Who said it, it did? did. Well, <laughs> right on. Uh, my, my dad didn't even know. Enough that I didn't notice. <laughs> my dad was pretty famous for not even spelling it the same on both sides. <laughs> he was like, Spelling's you can't see both sides at one time. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be all right. Just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't spell anything anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's pretty neat stuff. I remember because when he got st- – when he, you were probably three or four years into it, and then that's when Dairy Queen had their car show. Yeah. And they would bring cars down. I think the cars we just looked at, Earl's car, you know, that showing the picture of you airbrushing that stuff. And, and I followed you because, you know, what you were doing, I followed. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you because I copied every damn thing that you did and then tried to improvise from there because I had, I had no, you know, you know, anybody else to learn from. Well, yeah. that was that was something that we did as a compliment to someone that we, yeah. I mean, you know, I had guys that I saw that uh, there was uh, what was his name? I want to say it was Jeff Whitaker. Did you ever hear? Yes, him? I know that name. Yeah, it was. He was called the Jaw of NDJAW, and he was a master brush man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very. He did a lot of drag cars up yep. north. He did stuff for Fred King, and 
he I don't think I was I, I matter of fact I'm not gonna say I don't think. I know I was never as good of a brush no. guy as Jeff. No, I'm not saying you weren't I know I was. He was super good. Yeah. Super good. Yeah, because I, I believe going, he's passed away now, but I remember going over to Ohio. What's the big pull over in Ohio? Uh tractor pulls. Oh, um But anyway, going over there and everything was hand painted. And I remember going over there and looking at that stuff and they're thinking, There's no way. And then you know Smitty. Yep. Which he's passed on now to yeah. Joe Schmidt from Bedford. He mm-hmm. didn't do a lot of race car lettering, but he was a master pinstriper. And I always judged a guy's ability with a brush to how small you could do something. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he could write his signature with one a one hair brush that was amazing. I mean, it it, it was amazing. He was an excellent brush man. That's and cool. he also was a fine artist, not just signs. He did what I call fine art. He did ink drawings and right. mm-hmm. paintings and stuff like that. Is that something in the art world? Like, are, are, are sign guys kind of a different category than, than what, like, a, what, you just split it up as a oh, fine yeah. artist and yeah. a... We're the lowlifes. <laughs> is that how it is looking? Yes. You look at the bottom of the barrel. The commercial, you know, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that amazes me because I, I find, like, I find the sign world so much more interesting. Me too. You know, and it, it was funny. We just, our, we had a group that went on a field trip, and somehow our industrial technology teacher went with them to the art museum today. And he came back, and he's like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm looking at this stuff, and I don't get it. And I said, and I was just talking about that. I said, that's what, I said, looking back at old logos that were hand-painted and looking back at signs, I said, that to me is more art than some of the stuff that I see in this fine art museum yeah. type stuff. So I, Which I, I like that stuff too, but, yeah, but we're definitely the stepchildren of art world. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you, you sit there and go back, I'd, you know, like with Von Dutch and Big Daddy, Roth, Ed Roth, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know how pinstriping got started? I don't know if I told you the story that Ed Roth was talking about. Um, the Von Dutch actually started pinstriping because a dealership called him and said, hey, we got these scratches on these cars. Can you mm-hmm. cover them up? Mm-hmm. So he started doing designs. To cover up the scratches. To cover up the scratches from the factory for the transportation of the cars to the dealership. That's cool. Wow, and that's I how it got that. started. Huh. And then it just kind of went off from there. You know, And he started it all, and then – you know, I just basically just, you know, ballooned, you know. Did you do much pinstriping? I did, but there wasn't enough market in our yeah. area. Now, here I sound like a businessman. Well. <laughs> you know, but there wasn't a lot to do. You know, yeah. you know, we were in a dirt race car business is where we was at. So we did, I did a little bit on some cars, um, but nothing to like show car quality. Yeah. I could never do it good enough to satisfy me. No. No. I could do it to where people, oh, man, it looks great. I'm like, nah, no, it really doesn't look that yeah, good. Because yeah. I was around at least one or two guys that were very tops. Joe yeah. Smith and then Bobby Fiddler, too, yeah. was really good. Is that the toughest part, though, is, is satisfying yourself? For me, what? it is. No, I'm the, my yeah. worst enemy. Yeah. We fight every morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you start on the pinstripe, you know, and it, it, it balloons out like that, how do you know where to go? I mean, it just – well. I mean, that's I, the art of it. Is it? Know. I mean, I've, I've yeah, it is. And I think a lot of the guys. I mean, you talk about style. And like Smitty had a style. Yeah. And they basically had a, a temple, like a starting point, like a carpenter does with a house or anything or cabinetry. Anything yeah. you have a starting point, and then you go from there. And those guys you know when they do a curl, they're going to do it this way, and then they got to balance yeah. it on the other mm-hmm. side. And they know how to do that stuff. Right. Repetition. 
pinch trapping is nothing more than like shooting free throws. You've got to do it every day. And um, it's, you know, um, what's this guy's name? He's in California right now. Anyway, um, there is a there is kind of a revival of it in on the West Coast and East Coast now with these rat rods and stuff. But it's very um, Von Dutch. It's very um, – Barbaric is not the right word. It's not very clean, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like what you know the stuff back in the like in the late seventies was just absolutely beautiful. Like the Taylor brothers or Taylors. Down oh yeah, in in Louisville. House Louisville. Collar down yeah. Louisville, the father and son. You know, just beautiful how they did things. You know, but it's just the you know it's just it's you know you had a style what you did and what you went to every time. Yeah, and I did too. Mm-hmm. You know. So I I I I, I name my style basically eighties hair eighties hair band. <laughs> that's what I am, you know. But uh, yeah, that's how they, I mean that's how they do it. They just right. build from there and go from yeah. there. But like some of them, I've, you know, some people will do a lot of layout on pinstripes. But Smitty would he would make a couple marks for distance, and then he would just yeah go at it. And wet on wet, color on. I mean, I would if I ever did it. I got one color done. I let that sucker dry in case I messed up because I could wipe off mm-hmm. the wet part and keep the good part. He would just go at it, go at it. And just, well, they probably don't know what wet on wet means. Well, he he would do the one you know, <laughs> multicolors. You know I do means? it. I do it from printing. Yeah, <laughs> from printing t-shirts. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That was amazing. But um, there's it's a dying art. Yeah. I mean, there's you guys know um, Jerry Bowersock. Yeah, yeah. The race. Well, his the brother. Jedi. Do you know his brother, Scott? Scott, yep. You know, know him? Yes. Buddy of mine that I've met in Ohio, and he is a pinstriper. And really? He's a good pinstriper. He really is. You should, I've told you you yes. should look him <laughs> up on Facebook. Yes. Real super nice guy. He does a lot of hand lettering. He does a lot of motorcycle pinstriping. He's excellent. And it's interesting to me, as a good friend of ours uh, owns Ebbing Auto Parts, Andy, we were just talking to him when – when you guys were going to be coming on and we just got to talking about pinstripe and he's like, man, I miss that. He goes, those guys used to come to the shop every year. He goes, they'd come by and they're like, Hey, let's touch up the trucks. And mm-hmm. he's like, that was the coolest part of having this business was they'd come by, they'd touch up the trucks. They'd redo the, you know, your, your business name. He's like, now it's like, I call and I'm like, Hey, will you print another decal for me? And yeah. he's like, it's just, it's not that the romance I, is yeah, gone. He said, it's, <laughs> not, it's, yeah. it's not that exciting anymore. Is I get another decal to throw on the side. And, uh, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're talking about the, the uh, Dairy Queen car show. Yes. That was like a little celebrity moment for us. It, it really was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, everybody couldn't do that. And stand back in the, in the corridor and letting everybody look and saying, yeah, that looks like a piece of crap. No, it, well, no, no. Just, I mean, yeah. It was. It, it was. was. It was something that everyone couldn't do, and everyone didn't do, right. and it was a cool thing to be involved with, and to know that you decorated those cars. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the was, car show was a really fun day back in those days because everybody got all pumped for it. It was, oh, yeah. it was a really good time. Yeah. What are What are some of the, you know, the cars that bring back the most memories to you guys that you've done that either. Oh my gosh, this was such a struggle or oh my gosh, this was this was one I'm really proud of when I look back. Well, number 1 for me, um now I'm probably I don't want to well, I started with Jim Curry. You know, and you were with uh, Kenny, Kenny Simpson, Simpson and Gene you know, Dalton, yeah. You know, yeah. All those guys over there. And we've we've talked before, we we get together for lunch whatever. 
And it's funny because we have the same stories but different actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of same thing. thing. It's like a Hallmark movie. The plot is the same. The <laughs> is the same, but we got different actors here, you know. And um, Jim was the first one, you know, it was free. You know, my brother Brownie used to work or used to work on the race car, and he actually housed it for a while. <clears throat> and doing that car, and it got us into um, the late model world. And Jim was very successful. He just come off the national championship in 1988, and then 89s. That's when I started working on the car. Looked like crap. You know, ugliest seven ever seen in my life, and I was part of it. But going from there, I end up getting into the next stage of like working with Masterbuilt working with Rayburn and working with CJ and having our name on the side of CJ's car and John Gill's car, um, Jeff Purvis. I mean, going if it wasn't for Jay to Jim to get to Rayburn and Master, all those guys, even Bullet, Ray Callahan down there, mm -hmm. we did a lot of several of those things and got to do a lot of those cars. Um, that, to me, was pretty cool. The route, getting there and being around mm -hmm. those guys. And looking back now, you know, because you talk about the history of racing, those were the guys, and you were part of that too, you know. So, and this area was just so full of so many amazingly amazing drivers that oh. have gone down in history. I mean, right around here is where it was at. Back back in the eighties, man, eighties and early nineties, they say it, they say it about a lot of places. But if you could win at Brownstown, you could go to Eldora and win the World One Hundred, and that's no kidding. Then yeah. it was true. Yeah. Well, and and you know, just the names you just you just said right there, that's. You can toss those names any which way, and that's the Mount Rushmore of late model racing. Yeah. I mean, you can sit and debate who you want to take on and put off, but that's that's the Mount Rushmore of late model racing. Not not at Brownstown Speedway in the history of yeah. late model racing. That's that's the names yeah. that that you're going to talk about. You know, there's there's a few others you can throw the Billy Moyer and the sure. Scott Bloomquist in, but outside of that, the rest of them are pretty much right here. Yeah. You think like, you throw a blanket on on Southern Indiana? You know, Whiteland down to uh, Pekin, Indiana, those were the best race cars at the time. Mm -hmm. That's what you had to have, you know. And then, of course, you had, you know, the, the Rockets and the yeah, GRTs and a little bit stuff later, like yeah. that, you know. But this area, and at that time, of course, you know, being young, you didn't realize it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I, well, I, you never know when the good old days are when they're going on. <laughs> These are not the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told I told Dustin the story that I was in sixth grade and went to Volusia County. Yep. And Ray Godsey and Russ Petro started the front row, and I thought these are the same guys that I watch. You know, every Saturday night <laughs> yeah, at I home. drive eight, yeah. twelve hours to go down yeah, there and watch. Yeah, yeah. sixth grade, yeah. like these are the same, mm -hmm. and you know they dominated down there like yeah. they do here. You yeah. Know? So it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, that that racing back in the day is it was, uh, you know, it's it's different. It was different. Now oh, it's yeah. a lot faster, for sure. Different. You know, and, and uh, there was technology, but it was hillbilly technology yeah, then compared to yeah. super high tech stuff now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was you know, we were talking on the way over here about Bill Chapman. I don't know if any of y'all know Bill or any of the stories about. Oh, he was an innovator. I mean, back in the day, he was a mechanical genius and came up with some crazy. He invented the Coyote Clutch, which was a lockup clutch before anyone else had one. And they were on 
they were on all the best cars in the United States one time, but he insisted on building every part, every little piece of it himself in his garage. He probably could have been a millionaire if he'd have sold the patent or something. Didn't Dusty Chapman run the Coyote Clutch logo on the side? Yeah, of his they car. all did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, sure did. During the wedge car days, there, yeah. Ray. I mean, all the best guys were running that clutch that he built. Yeah, they're in, in his little B garage in Bedford, Indiana. Every little piece of it, and invented it. You know, and that's the the thing you just said there. I think that is what his the sport is unbelievable and it's as big as ever, but the difference is it is so engineer based now. Mm. And whereas it was guys in their garage coming up with ideas, Hey, let's try this. Let's change this. Let's see this. Now everything is put through a wind tunnel. Everything's put through a, a dyno, everything, everything is so engineered that it's no longer like, Ooh, that didn't work. Or, We've got something here. Let's yeah. let's go to that next step. Yeah, yeah. It was it's everything store bought now. Yeah, it's kind it's of bolt, it's bolt on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally every form of racing. It's literally it is. every form. And I remember I was just we was on the way over. I was telling a story about the Patmans. And I told him the best engineer I ever knew was Tom Patman, <laughs> Tom and Slim, you know Scott. And um, I I was sitting there. We was over in their garage. I was hand painting their car, you know. And uh, it was the Patman pulley system. <laughs> Instead, of, it was a throttle. He used a, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was a rope. I'm assuming it was a, a, a clothesline rope for the throttle. And I don't know what the counterbalance was to keep it coming back, whatever. But instead of the, the rod, he used the rope because it was a smoother throttle. At Brownstown, you couldn't have a, you know, a jerky throttle. You had to be smooth, you know. And Slim was probably the one of the smoothest drivers out there, mm-hmm. you know. But it was the Patman pulley system. And they would use tractor weights for Bloomington. I think it was Oliver. <laughs> and for Brownstown, it was Alice Chalmers or maybe International. I can't remember what it was. But that's what they used. That, that's the coolest part is that instead of I adjusted my shocks this way, mm-hmm. I had Oliver and Alice Chalmers <laughs> tractor weights. Yeah. And that's how we switched it and out. And they won a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah very I mean, they were good. They yeah. Were very good. Very good. Yeah, that's that's the part I think that, that gets lost in it sometimes is just this, you know, it's not bolt on. It was they were figuring things out like mm-hmm. like that. You imagine somebody, you know, whoever, Jonathan Davenport getting out and going, you know what helped us tonight? Clothesline rope. <laughs> <laughs> really kept the throttle smooth. Mm-hmm. Like yep. that's but that that was what made that era so amazing and, and guys just willing to they've all been there though. They've just forgot about being there. They, they've all been in, in right. that location, right. you know, in their careers. So. But it's so easy just to go buy something yeah. and, you know, get something re-engineered with this CNC stuff and mm-hmm. computers and stuff like that. It is, I mean, it is a lot easier. And, and it makes for better racing. It really does. Absolutely. You know, so. and, and more competitive racing a lot of times because a lot of times, even back then, when somebody found something that really worked, you couldn't go just go find it and figure it out. It was, they had something yeah. on you. but. True. But it's still that that era was exciting to be able to watch. And what's one of uh, what's one of those stories of a car that you maybe did that just you know you couldn't believe? You you talked a little bit about Eldora and some of the places you've seen your cars that you just couldn't believe I had a part in that, mm. or a shirt, or. Uh. No, as far as shirts, I, 
it's still kind of amazing to me that I do so much stuff for Eldor Speedway after being, you know, going there from a young age and and buying my first racing T-shirt at Eldora. And now for like for every big event, I probably do at least five different designs for each event there. So that's probably it for me, just being that involved with the Eldor shirts and as it, far as like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing that. But. I was going to say, it's got to be crazy to walk through Merchandise Road there and just be like, yep. And then I, yep. where you're walking up through there and you'll see somebody wearing a shirt that's literally 20 years old. That's, that looks yeah. good. You know, <laughs> they've took care of that sucker that I, I have I have a lot of those because, yeah. I, and Destin will tell you, whenever I look for your your, your yeah. little mark, because, you know, I, I try to, you know, you've been around, you know, my whole life of, of racing. So when I buy them, I try to always find one that you designed as, you know, my selection of, of Eldora shirts. And, and I got one or two racing T-shirts, so. Yeah. Yeah, you, <laughs> other than that, nothing really pops straight in my mind. Well, as far mine as is that I know this guy that he did those oh, shirts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty neat that you know where we started at, and because we're a year different, you're you're younger. We just figured that out tonight. I can't believe I'm younger than someone. I did not realize I was younger. <laughs> than this guy. But I look his better. His hair color is <laughs> his hair color is holding on a lot better than yeah, mine. Does. Doing pretty well. So, uh, but I think um, I remember one. Um, it wasn't anything extravagant, but I was sitting at the lineup shoot at Eldora, and it was on a, um, I think it was Friday night, and it might have been like last chance races or whatever. Anyway, I'm standing there, and I had my old, remember the old green shirts that you did for me? That celery signs on the back of it, you know? And uh, I'm standing there, I had a shirt on, I'm sitting there in turn one, and this guy comes up to me, and he goes, uh, are, are you celery? I said, yeah. He goes, Really, I mean, you got a lot of nice stuff out here, and it was just that it was just a common guy. It wasn't anything like it was. It was, it was being so naive. I don't know what it is of being in the situation. It's like, well, thank you. I mean, that's really nice to say, you know. And I think that was probably one of the moments. Like, this is pretty cool, you know, to be able to have someone say something like that to you. But um, we are behind the scenes. No one really knows what we do. Um, you know, especially now. I mean, it used to, like I said, back when it was two or three of us in the whole southern half of the state that were pretty much lettering all the race cars. Yeah, you're a little more well known, I guess, as far as yeah. But it's just it's just was. one of those things. It's like oh, that's pretty cool because you knew Eldor was the that was the mecca, deal. the yeah. the you know the cathedral, you know, and being in Ohio like that and being out of Brownstown or Jackson County, you know, and see and have someone say that to you. You know, and and I have no idea. He, hell, he may have been from Medora. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was just just that. Okay, I am doing something okay yeah. here. So that kind of fueled a little bit more to do some more. So, yeah, that uh, yeah. I I gotta say that you know, looking now it, with where we're at now. How much? How, how much has technology? Obviously, I know it's a lot, but how much has technology really changed what you guys do on the day to day? It's a lot faster. Well, yeah, it's like it's. There's no comparison. It's nothing like what it was when my dad was painting. When my dad was a sign painter. Uh, how fast could he do a car? You know, I don't know. Probably in a day. You know, I mean, I don't. In in a few hours, yeah. yeah. But he was he was pretty good, and he he was pretty. He actually was quite old to have me 
So I wasn't really around during when he was really in his prime. I've seen pictures. My dad lived in Florida, and you know the Coppertone girl? Oh, yeah. He used to hand paint those on the billboards. Mm. Hand wow. paint. There was no digital printing. I mean, it was he used to hand paint them up on those billboards. Those guys are amazing. And he, it, so that's why I, I didn't really get to see him in his prime as far as art, but he definitely did a lot of the race cars and um, he did the majority of them around here at one time. Yeah. Yeah. They just but as far as the difference, it's like there's no comparison. It's like the difference between racing in the '70s and now. There's no comparison. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, like, I know now that you like templates, like fonts, like colors, combinations, um, you know, printing, like the digital printing now. You know, um, it's just everything is available. Everybody's, you can, it's in, within an arm's reach away now, what yeah. you can get. Before, if you couldn't get processed blue, you had to wait to go get it or find somebody that's got the, the one-shot lettering enamel. You know, if you run out of freaking mineral spirits. <clears throat> Well, gasoline will work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Light, or uh, charcoal fluid. Charcoal fluid. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but if you would have told my dad, if he could have seen, told him, okay, in so many years, the whole side of this car is going to be one giant decal. He would have told you you are freaking crazy. <laughs> that will never. How is that ever going to happen? Because mm -hmm. you know, when the first desktop little printers came out, they yeah. were. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah. to, for what's now is twenty five dollars at Walmart, but you couldn't imagine being able to print something yeah, that big. And majority one piece. of it now is designing and getting because everything's so elaborate nowadays with the the schemes. You know, looking at that stuff, how much it's super many, elaborate like, now. layers and everything that are there, and you can you know you push print it's as easy as that. You push print, yeah. print the thing, laminate, it. Well, and Clay and I can put one you know two hours. Car's done. Yeah, installing. You know, maybe even less yeah. than that. I mean, it just. How long does it take to design a car like that now? You know, with clay. What three hours? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it depends. It, I'm it, sure it depends for him. The yeah. same, you know, if it's got fluorescent overlays, that's a whole other bunch of work uh, involved well, in it on eye. both ends. I hate overlays. <laughs> well, so do I. I, won't. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you mean I've got to actually cut this vinyl out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the cool part is that you can now do everything with digitally that you did not have time, that you wanted to do by hand. Yeah. You wanted to spend a week on a car and airbrush and put five outlines on the number, and you didn't have time to do that. So it, usually most of them were one color with one color outline, maybe shoot a little airbrush highlight on it, and mm -hmm. that was it. Mm -hmm. Now you can, you can do anything you can imagine. So we just and, and again, I might be showing my age, but... That's what I like. If you put the current designs in, I would go old school every time. Like, that's what I like. Yeah. That's what I would see. Want. I hear people say that. And I'm like, nah, I can't. No, I mean, it was just so rudimentary. I get yeah. the romance of it being yeah. hand done and all that, but I look back at the pictures. I think, God, that looks so bad. I it looked at so one the bad. other day. It, didn't, it was like it was green and orange <laughs> and stuff. I, after I got done cleaning up the vomit, I. <laughs> Ah, that was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the thing that is, I would think for you guys, you know, especially today, you spend that time in that design. You spend so much more time in the design. The nice thing is, like you said, at least when I was hand painting, give me a couple of weeks, they're going to beat it off, and I've got I've to get a chance. Now at least that design is going to stay. You may print and have to reapply 
to a panel. You hope that they want to stay so you can make some. <laughs> you hope they don't want a new design every yeah. time, yeah. like half of them do. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna re-put that new skin on, right? But yeah, I remember I'd let her I'd let her Ray Gotti. He kept his cars looking good. Yeah, and I mean his car. We never had a look for the year like people do now. They pretty much have a look. That's your look for this year. You ride that look out for that whole year, and you do a new look for next mm-hmm. year. And like, hey, he had it. It might be totally different color. I'd do different. Every, I mean, do it completely different every single time. So, yeah. But it was an exercise in your art. So you got to experiment and, and try different things. Well, I know one thing. We, we just you know, like coming up with logo design. You know, every time you, because you, you get a business card or you get a, a, a napkin from the tavern <laughs> yeah. that wrote on the, the different sponsors and stuff, and you had to come up with some kind yeah. of logo. Yeah. I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. the logo design part of it, you know, and changing things. Um, so I don't know. It just, I, I, I'm kind of like you with the, I like a traditional, yes. you know, if it's on the back stretch, I want to be able to see it and read it, you know. If it looks like a color wheel threw up on it, I'm not real no. happy about it. You know, or Velcro art where we just throw crap out there, <laughs> yeah. you know, and hope it sticks. Um, I like a balance. I really do. Nice and clean. But that's just that's just who I am. I like a big, bold, thick number, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of like me, big, fat, and laid back, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my prom date. <laughs> <laughs> <But> I- <laughs> Now I will say I, I first of all I do think I do think that in today's design of cars, it's a lot like I said with the racing t-shirts. You can get to the point where yeah. like we're just throwing stuff on top of stuff and it just it gets there. Which I'll admit what you said is 100 percent true. I'll get on a kick of doing a particular maybe a font or a fill or something, and it'll be on the next 10 shirts. Luckily for me, they might go to 10 different states, so you can get away with it. But you do repeat a lot. You get in a pattern, you like a certain thing, you'll use that thing quite a bit, whether it's, a like I said, a fill in the background or a certain style or whatever. Now, I, I, I do like a lot of the newer car designs, but I do have to say the old-school T-shirt designs mm-hmm. – the old school neon colors, that 1980, late 80s, early 90s T-shirt design, I think is hands down the coolest T-shirts there are. Well, have you seen what some of those shirts are going for now? Oh, my gosh, yes. The Dirt well, the Shirt Depot. Really? You, on no. oh. Facebook, there's a page called Dirt Shirt Depot. They were selling an old uh, John Gill shirt that I made the other day for like 75 or 100 bucks. Ah, we got a retirement fund. You got a bunch of old <laughs> ones. Oh my, then totes. I'm telling you, they they <laughs> see. I, I, I have them too. That, I, well, it's, I wore one to one of our shows. Check one out you the, designed the Brownstown Speedway with James Essex as a promoter on there, man. <laughs> oh wow, <Yeah>. wow, yeah, <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> but you're exactly right. That has all come back around to, and I to, bought it new. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, wow. <laughs> and it and it fits. Yeah. 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 Like I have I have a I have a great Kevin Briscoe shirt that I I bought new that's old school but it's like a youth medium. So I was like four <laughs> at that point. It's good napkin. Yeah. <laughs> My old shirts from back then fit. They just don't fit me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. fit somebody. Yeah, they fit my four-year-old upstairs. He's got a great risky, brisky driving school shirt. <laughs> oh, little, little. Uh, 
Kevin Briscoe, his dad sold trailers. Oh, yeah. Mobile homes. Yeah. We bought our first mobile home from that's, him because oh. he raced. Oh. That's, <laughs> yeah. yep. The one Clay fell out of one day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I actually, uh, my parents bought the, uh, the modular we lived in when we moved to, to Bedford, Indiana, off of them. And that was where I, I first got that shirt was when they went in to do it. And I was, I was such a race fan. And that's what attached me to Kevin Briscoe from then on out. Like I was, that's why I had to go to Bloomington Speedway. I had to see Kevin run the sprint car because I walked in and they handed me a t-shirt and I'm like, well, this is my favorite driver now because I have a, I have a Kevin Briscoe t-shirt. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and still to this day, that is hands down my favorite driver I've ever watched is Kevin yeah, Briscoe. He was so damn fun. good. Oh my God. He was good. Yeah. And people don't realize how dominant he really was at Bloomington. Like the, the outlaw guys could come in, all those, it did not matter when he was at Bloomington, you had to deal with Kevin. And especially the way they used to do the format. How many times I like to know exactly how many times he won the B main and the feature because he used to do it all the time. Really? Yeah. Because the way they did it, you got your time back. I forget it wouldn't penalize you that bad. And he would be the, he knew what the track was going to, he would be able to set his car up better because he just ran to be man. Mm -hmm. Man, he was tough. And then he would be amazing at Bloomington with the wing off, go to Hobstock and put the wing on and scare me to death. Watch. I mean, he was nuts, but he was under control. It just looked out of control Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And I did not realize until I, I did an interview. It's been about a year, year and a half ago. I did a, I did an article on, where are they now? And, and uh, did an article on, on Kevin. And I talked to Chase, and I had not realized, Chase in the article, that how close Kevin really was. I knew he had had a shot at getting in an yeah. Xfinity car. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize was that that team was owned by Mark McGuire and some other Major League Baseball players, and that's when the steroid era broke and that team shut down. Briscoe was going – Kevin was going to go in the second that Xfinity was car. The Bobby Hillen? Yes. Yes. He was going to go in the second car for that team, and then the team disbanded because of the steroid error. And he was faster than Bob. When he got – he went down there, and there was some deal like, you test – I'm going to give you a test, and if you're faster than me, I'm putting you in it. And he, he was, was faster than him. <laughs> he did not get put in the car. And, but he was faster than Bobby Hillen. And Hillen's. he was going to be the second car the next year, and then the steroid thing broke, and they all pulled out their, yeah. their sponsorship. So yeah. – it's that I had never all my years I'd never heard that story till Chase said it and Chase was like that's Dad was right here man he and Kevin really wanted to do NASCAR oh and, and he had the talent to do it he did oh absolutely he definitely had the talent he did and that, that's probably what's so, so cool getting on that story watching Kevin follow Chase yeah, now is sure. that he he's living that out yeah. watching Chase get to race every Sunday and that's but no man that. Exactly what you said, that people don't realize how good he really was and ridiculous. And a couple, uh, at least one time he got it, he was in a real good car and had a super good run in the Kings Royal. I mean, mm-hmm. he could go run over there with them too. I forget, he had a top five. He drove for, uh, he drove someone else's car. I don't remember which team, but. Yeah, hands down. That That is, um, and we've talked a lot of times on this show. I, I respect a lot of uh, late model racing and have become a huge fan now. But growing up when I where I did, when you went to Bloomington every every Friday night, Saturday, it was the sprint cars and it was Kevin. I mean, that was I, – I didn't I didn't even think about late models. It was all about those guys. Yeah. And, and so now it's, I've, I've learned a lot more of late model history 
That's why we get along so good. You know, he was a Bloomington Sprint Car guy, and I was a Brownstown Late Model. Guy, <laughs> yeah, you know, so. it, it is a and good you know, balance. A lot of the Brownstown Late Model people don't maybe never been to a sprint car race. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're like it's two kind of separate worlds that are right there together. We we argue back and forth which is best, and you know, I'm a t- I'm older and I'm right. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, but the funny thing is, and that that's what like I, I've told him, and and you know, he agrees. You know, Brownstown. Anytime the sprints are brown sign, they put on a good show there, but it's it's not it's not a great show there. No. And anytime yeah. the late models were in Bloomington, I'm like, God, it's there's terrible. not enough room for them. It's this really is, terrible. It is. Like, it so, is. Yeah. So being a kid watching, I'm like, God, these these cars are awful. Then I'd watch the sprints come out. We're hitting the top, and we're just we're I'm like, this is unbelievable. So the tracks, I can understand a brown sound person thinking sprints are no no fun to watch, and me being at Bloomington, late models were awful to watch like it just yeah. it was like yeah, watching yeah. paint yeah. dry yeah. yeah then when you start going to brownstown you're like oh i get this late model racing thing this is all right and, uh, brownstown has a decent sprint car race but yeah it's just not the same it's like not you said, you're it's exactly really right hobstad you have hobstad like my favorite sprint car track in the world Hun- kokomo is they get a lot of hype kokomo's good but Give me Hofstad any day as far I, as a place to go watch you. a race. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. If yeah. I'm going to watch a sprint car race. Especially the seating, the proximity to the track, everything about yeah. it. It's just badass. You know, you feel it right there. It, yeah. yeah, it's a great, great track. Now, I will say that the Terre Haute Action Track is also partial to me just because of the speed they carry there. That is a it, that is a uh, guy that. Yeah, you got to have a huge nuts to race you gotta, it. You got <laughs> to be half crazy enough. If, if, you, if you can get them in the in the Ooh. car, it's yeah because it is that's that is insane watching yeah. them down there. And the best part, uh, every time I go there, I enjoy hot laps more than anything. They don't never go that fast all night. No, you're <laughs> exactly. as fast, those guys when the yes. track's juiced up in hot laps, yeah. man. I mean, it is a show. Just yeah, uh, it's well, that's a show like the, of how fast. Uh, they El Eldora, yeah, hot laps. I love going down turn one at the end yeah. when they go on the track and, and stand, right, stand yes, right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody that's new that goes with us, yeah. I just said you get yep. a pit pass, you go right there, yep. and if you don't like this, get the hell out of here. <laughs> You're exactly right, man. That is the coolest thing That's ever. That's the best spot in the whole place. Yeah. yeah. And it blows my mind still. You know, you, you talk about like that when these guys talk about, well, I look up at the, the, the video monitor at Eldora to see who's around me or how I, how I look. And I'm like, you're hitting turns one and two at the speed you are, and you've got the time to look over and take a look at yourself as you – I'm like, no. Like, I, there's no way I can imagine – being that comfortable in the car. Well, I don't that, know. that's what that is. That's, that is experience and comfort. Yeah. Because, like, from my limited experience, I wouldn't say limited experience, but from my experience of racing, what you gain over time is your mind expands. And you, 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 the things that you had to concentrate on at first, just driving the car around there, that all starts to come natural. Then your mind opens up to be able to think strategy and think, where's this guy at and what's this guy doing? And so That is a great way to describe yeah, it, yeah. that I it, – I, I, I would agree with you yeah. because that's the part being a non-driver that I, it just, it blows my mind that they get that comfortable yeah. being out there. But you, like I said, at first you're using every bit of your brain just to drive the car around the track without wrecking it, you know, and then, then you start to, that starts to come second nature and you start thinking, you know, you could maybe look around, look for someone giving you signals or at least have time to think of what the guy behind you might be doing or what you need to do to as far as pacing or something like that 
Yeah, Curry always said it's slow motion. Yeah, it's just I, slow I, that's motion the guys that has a lot of experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. so obviously we, we, we've talked about the art side of it, but what is it about racing for you guys that not just the, the business side or the art side, but the fan side? What is it that draws you to motorsports and racing and being involved in this? I grew up in it. Well, around it all the time. I did because my dad lettered the cars. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really around. I knew a lot of the drivers because there's a lot of them for Bedford, and we were neighbors with Ray Gotts. He lived pretty close to us. I went to school with all of his kids and everything. But um, yeah, I, my dad lettered the cars, and we went, to, and I just I loved it from as tiny as you can imagine. Yeah. And I I, I want to ask you guys how how you're not near old enough. You're older than me. How you've been going to <laughs> Brownstown? You've been going to Brownstown <laughs> since you were little. Yes. Do you yes. remember Bobby Allison coming to Brownstown? No, I do not. No. See, this is like one of my – when I told my mom about – she was like, I remember this thing. And she's – I must have been like four years old. She can't believe I can remember it. And I just wondered if anyone else out there even no, remembered remember it. I don't remember that at all. I've got one of my dad's business cards. It's in a, it's in a little gla uh, plastic case thing, and it's got Bobby Allison's Why autograph on the back. was he there for? Just, just for an exhibition. Oh, okay. I think maybe it's when he was sponsored by Coca-Cola. Okay. But I remember him coming to the track, and he took his car, and he drove it. He didn't race, but they, like, drove it around the track, and he did an autograph session. Yeah. And uh, nobody else remembers that but me, but that's I, awesome. I, I, I just would have been one, so there's no way I would have remembered yeah. that. But that's yeah, but I, I was little. Yeah, I remember because my brother Harvey and I, his real name's Tom, but Harvey and I would – mom made us racing suits. <laughs> and we would wear those to the racetrack, you know, and did the whole thing. And I still I still eat hot dogs with mustard only on them because that's how they came at the racetrack. Yeah, well, that's the only way to eat a hot dog. Anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're an American, but you know it's just that the smell. And I know Clay and I talk about it. if they could take that smell and make a perfume or cologne out of it, you know, I'd wear it. You know, the yeah, sound, the yeah. smell of the racetrack, and smell of the the fumes and stuff, and just growing up with it. And and, um, and I remember the first time I walked out on a track as a kid. And going to see the race winner was Paul Crockett. Mm. He had that Malibu, number 25 Malibu. They won all those race checks. And I remember looking in that car, and it's still as vivid as today, that the shifter had a her shifter on it. It had a red ball on it. And I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And Dusty Chapman would stop at our store at the Medora Junction before he goes to a racetrack. And, and Harvey and I, at the, at the gas station where we had their Medora Junction, it had gas pumps. We would sit on top of those and wait for cars to come from Bedford and watch them go by. And we talked about this and watch them go by. And Dusty would pull in. And we would steal dirt. And I remember I used to have dirt from his car when I was in high school, mm. you know, from Brownstown <laughs> Speedway, like you'd mm. have something from Indianapolis 500. And it was just the mystique. There's just, a, you know, the all of that racing. Yeah. You know, that people would do that. Yeah, know? I just fell in love with it, too, just from a tiny, tiny kid. I just absolutely loved it. They were my heroes instantly, yeah. you know. It is. and it's, Mine, too. Yep. It's yeah. amazing. And I, I've told this story before, but it it was funny. When, when Chase had a sprint car team going back to Kevin, and he ran the throwback scheme, that red and white mm -hmm. Briscoe Mobile Homes scheme, we were at Brownstown when they unloaded it. And I, I happened to walk down the pits and Matt was there. Matt goes, Hey, you got to go over to Briscoe's trailer. You got to go. <laughs> I couldn't walk by it. Like I stayed on the other side of it because it was so nostalgic like, to me. Like I was, I was immediately a little kid again, looking at that card. And I've joked and told chase, I said, you know, most people would be amazed that 
I've got Chase's phone number in my my phone, but I said for me, that's nothing compared to Kevin is still in my phone. And I said that's that that's the great thing about dirt track racing is the fact that that's still it. That's still the hero. That's still the guy that you know was everything. It, it, and like you said, the the red shift, like that white and red car to me will be burned in my yeah. mind forever because it was that that number five. That was everything it was. Well, you know, that's what NASCAR has lost. The personality of it, you know, absolutely, it's, it's, it's so vanilla to me. It's so vanilla anymore, and it's nice to see Chase in there, and even in and, and uh, Elliot, you yeah, know, it's, it's still some, you know, the second generation, whatever. And it's just fun to watch those guys. But NASCAR to me is not near as the same as the, you know, watching Labonis and Earnhardts and stuff like that growing up. Well, and I think I think a lot of that is exactly what we've even talked about with racing is. As it has gone from these guys being the ones wrenching on cars and and fixing cars and creating their own engineering and moving to where now it is engineers doing it, they've become just the corporate sponsors that, that, that they run with. You don't have that, like. My favorite NASCAR driver of all time is Jimmy Spencer. I, I want the guy that's running the the salvage yard, the junkyard, and, and he's out there. He'll punch you in the face. He'll <laughs> he'll go race. You know, that guy with a personality that he he's just like us. He's going to go drink beer on the weekend, and he's going to race, and you get in his way, he's going to hit you in the nose. And Kenny Schrader. Move, Kenny Schrader. Sterling Stor- Marlin. Sterling Guys Marlin. like that. I saw – do you watch uh, Dale Jr. down below? Oh, it's oh, yeah. the best. It's yes. the best. Sterling was on there recently. It was so good. Walks in here with a case of beer. Cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Well, Harry Gant was a roofer. You know, he raced on Sunday and roofed all yeah. week. So. Yeah. Yeah, th- those are the things. You know, those guys, I think I – think they were so much closer to the everyday guy. Well, yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. all the corporate sponsorship has pushed, has made everybody put their personalities away. Right. Mm-hmm. But really, that's what they need is the personalities it, it, to make people interested in it. Absolutely. That's what that's what's drawing people I in. I mean, look at Ross Chastain, love him or hate him. The guy's got some personality, oh, and you don't know what he's able to do. So it's Absolutely. kind of fun to watch. Yeah, he's what, he's what adds to it, and that's what – I have to say that is the one guy right now in NASCAR that that excites you because again, like you said, it doesn't matter what the the unwritten rules are, or what the gentleman's agreement is. He's just out there to go try and win. You don't like it? Come see me at the trailer. But otherwise, I'm gonna go do me. Yep. yep. So, yeah, that's that's the the exciting stuff for sure. So. So I'm gonna ask you guys this this question. We're already an hour in, so we but, are. Yeah. <laughs> or time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. But I, I want to yep. ask you guys <laughs> this question because, you know, Trent, you brought up if you'd have told your dad that at some point we'd have a complete vinyl decal we're putting on a car, um, he'd never believe it. Where do you think this goes? In 30 years from now, what are we looking at? That is a very good question because it's going to change. I yeah. don't know. I mean, 30 years ago, I couldn't have predicted this. So what's it going to be? The whole car is like an LED screen That's... that changes as it's going around the track? Who knows? I mean, it could be. I mean, it's no less unbelievable than what's happened, really, from 30 years ago. So and it, I can't – I don't know. I well, don't have a vision of what's I, I think coming with next. CNC machines and digital age and everything's matching up, you know, 
I mean, <clears throat> Ryan Thomas at Diamond is, is, is CNC in his own body parts and everything like that. You know, they print straight to the substrate or straight to the aluminum now. You just print right to it. You buy the panel, we're all ready to go. It matches up. Everything is <clears throat> precise 100%. You know, I can see it going to that. Yeah, I can see them. Now oh, that you wow. mention it. Yeah. yeah. Why, I mean, Perhaps. Eliminate us. Why? Eliminate why are you even installing? Yeah, you to yeah. where to where well, you, would be okay. your job would. <laughs> I'm okay with I mean, I'm fine being a designer. Your job would truly a, just yeah. be a designer. Which yeah. there's a lot of guys playing that angle right now. Anyway, yeah, that, yeah. With race car wraps, there's a certain number of guys that don't do wraps. They just design them, mm -hmm. and you pay them a pretty damn good amount of money just because you're having this person designed your wrap and then you got to find someone else to make it print it and put it on yeah install it so yeah, yeah. i now, can see if that went in that direction that that's that's the interesting question and, and i i agree i who knows it, yeah, it could I be don't. leds i mean it could I, be <laughs> but that's because again i mean that you, sounds crazy but what, what we're doing now sounded insane that but, long ago well, just so. 15 years ago <laughs> yeah you know the film is so good right now you know because we wrap commercial vehicles, and it just it just it's unbelievable what you can do wrapping vehicles. You that, know? And that's the thing, even even for me, that you know, you go back to talking about you guys hand lettering things, and then you look at some of these these door panels now, and you said the way you judge someone who hand lettered was how small could they do something well, with yeah. detail. Yeah. The digital age is everything is that way. And that's what that's what's amazing to me to see that change and how quickly we got there. So, but it's so it's so um, wide open is what you can do that you can mess it up real easy. <laughs> I mean, you can overdo it. That's I, I think that is overdo it. I think sometimes that is huge. the ones I see that are super simple that you could probably do with cut vinyl in a couple hours. Some man, that thing looks clean. That, that looks, looks really cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not even. Um, uh, Pearson's car this year. I don't. There's not even outlines on the number. Really? Yeah, but it oh. looks good. But it's not old school. It's super new school. Really? But it's but it's very, it's very clean. Very, very. But clean. you haven't seen the trend go to more simple now because the late models are on TV all the time now, and these sure. des designs that are wild looking they don't do show not up. work on no. TV. All that yeah. crazy background, yeah. too many colors fluorescent in the background, yeah. fluorescent in the and foreground. And you lose the sponsors. I think yeah. a lot of those guys have figured out as crazy as it gets, and you've got all these sponsors on here. You might be able to see the number, but you can't see who the sponsors are. And I think a lot of sponsors oh, yeah. have come back and said, hey. You remember the, the craze they had there for a little while for reflective film? Mm. Yes. Everybody wanted reflective film because when the, when the, they didn't have LED lighting like they do now. Everything's bright as can be. You had dark spots in the racetrack where the car would light up going down the brackets. And plus, when you take photos of it, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, the neon. Well, the you funny thing was, I did back years ago when I was hand lettering. Uh, Brian Asbury wanted reflective numbers. Flying so Brian I put Asbury. A, it was a white car, and I put a red number four in there, reflective. And he'd get a picture of it. Can't see it. It, it was gone. There was, <laughs> it was white out. The number would turn completely white under the flash, and it literally looked like there was not one thing on that car. <laughs> well, I, I think it was up in, we was up in Wisconsin, and we put reflected on Jim's car. And we was at uh, um, Cedar Lake. Up there, love that place. Great people. I go back in a heartbeat. Anyway, they had a, the timing machine that they had. The light would not trip because of the reflective film on it. We had to cover it up <laughs> oh. so the car would trip the That's light. That's funny. 
Go on so, there. Here you've done all this work for reflective yeah. film. Ten thousand dollars in material and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I forgot to ask this question, but it's what I, I do want to ask before we finish up. But did you guys have any superstitions that went along with with your your car decorating or or what you did? Because I know a good friend of ours is Josh Moffat. His dad's Billy Moffat. Billy, you never did anything to the car after midnight of a race night of a race night. He had these superstitions. Did you guys have any of those that came in when you were lettering cars or doing things? I always started on the passenger side. Really? No, I don't guess I did. Because it's the grandstand side. Yeah. And that's the hardest side to make the number look right because it's leaning backwards yeah. if you do it right. You exactly. have the back So slam. if you make that look good, you know the other side's well, going to look good. I don't remember any – I mean, I knew a lot about a bunch of people's racing um, superstitions. Like uh, Lee Hobbs, who I used to drive for, he threw a guy's shirt. They, they took off to go to Florida one year, and he picked up this guy going to go help him. Well, he barely got in the truck, and Lee ripped his shirt off of him and threw it out the window because it had green on it. Ooh, yeah. And you couldn't bring Mountain Dew to the track. I could not have Mountain Dew in the cooler in my pits. Back, I mean, he was super. You put but, Mountain Dew in your cooler? Oh, yeah. Like, damn, what I was driving the race car. <laughs> oh, okay. You had to have a mixer, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But not as far as lettering. I really didn't have any superstition, other than most people would say no green other than Godsey, yeah. and he was all about green. Yeah. Which he always says, why do you like green so much? He was like, can I open your wallet up? Yeah, look at, what color is that stuff in there? It's green. That's why green's on my race car. Yeah. It's color and <laughs> money. That's exactly right. Hmm. Well, guys, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate you guys being willing to make the trip over and, and come and talk to us. And, um, you know, I know when, you know, we talk all the time when Matt and I started this, we didn't know who would actually come and, sit down and talk to us. But the cool thing that we've been able to do is, is spotlight, you know, we talked to a lot of drivers, but to spotlight some of the other areas of people that are in the motorsports industry and the racing world. And, and you two are, are two of the best at what you do. And I mean that Absolutely. Um, totally. Well, you thank know, you guys. Thank you. It, yep. it, it, it is, it's an honor to get to talk to you guys and hear your stories. And well, I've got to take, make a shout out to my wife. Tammy, because she was a big part of this when we were doing a lot of the decals. We did a lot of mail order stuff back in the mid-90s, early 2000s, and we were shipping stuff all over the United States, you know, mail order, and she was a big part of that, too. You know, she, you know, kept me straight, and, you know, and, uh, but, yeah, she was a big part of that thing, too, so. And it didn't take, it was just not us, because I know you had help, too, along the way, so. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it was, it was, it, it was been a great ride. Put it that way, yeah. And I, so I can't, I can't say enough. I mean, it, it is really cool for me to get to sit and talk to you guys, and and you know, hear some of these stories and the things that you guys have done. And like I said, it's, it's, it's just cool because I remember the cars that you guys have done. I remember I've got the shirts, you know, that that you've designed, and 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 now full circle for me, I've got the print shirts that you've designed. So that's that's a that's a really cool thing for us to. Uh, to be able to say. So appreciate you guys and uh, can't thank you enough. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. And we will be back next uh, up for us, Matt, is Adam Stricker. Uh, Adam Stricker coming in, driving the master-built house car right now, uh, the number 68 
A little different seeing number 68 on that yellow master built house car. Well, we're talking about that. I, you remember the Stricker Streak back in the day? Oh, yeah. That was one. I don't know who lettered that car from over Cincinnati, but you talk about a sharp car. That was one car anywhere you went. It was never beat up and looked like hell. It was always super sharp. They always had nice looking cars. Well, we got to figure out who lettered it. That's yeah. the first question yeah. for for Stricker. But Adam, Adam will be over uh, to talk about that and running his uh, his family uh, modified over there outside of Cincinnati. So. Uh, join us. We're going to take a couple weeks off with spring break here, but we'll be back 1st of April uh, to talk to Adam Stricker here in, in studio. So uh, thank you guys again, and uh, tune in again here in a couple weeks. Racing Vector Store, the ultimate resource for high-quality, fully customizable vector images for dirt racing and other motorsports. Perfect for digital media. Craft projects, T-shirt and logo design, sponsor presentations, wrap design, mock-ups, laser engraving, signs, websites, and much, much more. Again, that is Racing Vector Store with over 190 designs available to download. Visit them today at racingvectorstore.etsy.com. Any racer out there knows how difficult it is when you're fixing your sheet metal and you've got to drill out the pop rivets. You end up with that 316th drill bit and it's got rivets fed all the way up the shaft. You end up having to get a pair of pliers out, reverse that, and work those rivets back off that drill bit. Damaging the drill bit, dulling the drill bit. Thank you to our friends at Popbit. They have now made removing rivets easy. Check out their website at popbitusa.com. These are all made right here in the USA and will save you time, money, and effort when drilling out pop rivets. Check it out and be on the lookout for an upcoming segment sponsored by Popbit here on Throttled Up. Are you looking for a way to showcase your team or organization's spirit and pride? Look no further than Fresh Prince, the premier custom apparel and awards company. Whether you need custom t-shirts, hats, jackets, or any other type of apparel, Fresh Prince has got you covered. Their experienced team will work with you to design the perfect look to represent your group. But that's not all. Fresh Prince also offers a wide variety of custom awards and trophies to recognize your team's achievements. From sports teams to corporate events, they have something for everyone. Plus, with their state-of-the-art printing technology and high-quality materials, you can be confident that your apparel and awards will look fantastic and last for years to come. So what are you waiting for? Head over to FreshPrinceInc.com and see what all they have to offer. And be sure to mention our podcast to receive a special discount on your first order. Hey, racing fans, are you tired of scouring the internet for the latest and greatest races to stream? Look no further than Dirt to Media, the ultimate online streaming destination for all things racing. From dirt track to asphalt racing, they've got it all. With their exclusive partnerships with some of the biggest racing organizations in the world, you'll never miss a race again. Whether you're a diehard fan or just starting to get into the sport, Dirt to Media has something for everyone. And the best part, you can access all of their content from anywhere in the world on any device. So whether you're at home, at the track, or on the go, you can keep up with all of the action. Head over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today.
When you're out at the track or in the garage, you know that dirt, grease, and grime can quickly build up on your hands, and regular soap just doesn't cut it. That's where Race Clean Hand Cleaner comes in. Our formula is specifically designed to tackle the toughest dirt and grime that racing and automotive work can throw your 